All right. So here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We have a nice special live from Las Vegas edition of Cheap Heat that we're about to get into right now. Now, you hear me now and it sounds peaceful and quiet. I'm in my hotel room at the MGM Grand here in Las Vegas. However, that will not be the sound of the whole show, um, although, the, although the quality is good. You will hear noise in the background throughout the whole show um, simply because I'm doing the show live from Radio Row. So um, I'm going to start the show in a couple of minutes with uh, DJ John. Uh, aka DJ Juanito, you may remember him formerly from the Brown Power Rankings, or if you listen to Hot 97, we're going to chat a little bit, just have some fun, read some mail, and then after that, um, we'll do that for a few minutes, you'll hear a, a drop, and then, boom, our guest for the day, Booker T, joining me from Radio Row to talk about everything going on right now in wrestling, and just generally his career um, it's, it's fun. It's, it is a fun chat you're going to enjoy. But first I want to give a shout out to Vivid Seats. Um, if you're looking to get to WrestleMania, I know Monday Night Raw is going to be in Brooklyn soon on March 2nd. If you're looking to see wrestling, you're looking to see a sporting event, whatever event you want to see, Vivid Seats has the seats, alright? They will help you find the seats to any live event, sporting event, concert, theater, whatever it is you want, all through the Vivid Seats app. They have great prices, uh, it's an easy purchasing experience. Um, a loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, uh, that you get when you sign up. Um, it's amazing. So the Vivid Seats experience is a fantastic one. Go to the App Store uh, or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and you're automatically enrolled in their uh, rewards loyalty program. All their orders, by the way, are backed by 100% guarantee. Just use the promo code ESPN25. ESPN25 and boom, you get a discount for 10% right out of the gate. So if you are trying to get tickets to an event and get a memory, uh, have an amazing night with your loved ones, Vivid Seats is the way to go. Use that code ESPN25. And now it's time for Cheap Heat. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Ma, 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 ma,
Shout out to that guy, Rick. I love wrestling. Uh, so, damn it, I am not giving up the podcast. Oh. Hell no. I'm doubling down and going the other way. Oh, my goodness. Bring it on. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. It's G. Pete. It's Peter Rosenberg. I am in Las Vegas, Nevada. The noise you hear in the background is the excitement from the Wilder Fury 2 festivities. I'm in the radio room, so we're going to have a little bit of noise today, but we're going to have a good show. Going to have some special guests on the show. Um, lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling, and, and, and you forget about the fact that there's a, a professional wrestling wrinkle to this fight, which of course is Tyson Fury, um, and his involvement in WWE. So I, I guess, forced to guess, I'm guessing the WWE is rooting for Tyson Fury, uh, because we know that he's presumably expected to be doing more. With uh, WWE. So obviously the better he does, uh, the more useful he is. And before we start today's podcast, and don't worry, we're not going to be talking boxing today. Um, I want to give a shout out to Indeed. You're starting your hiring process. You have questions. You're trying to figure it out. Where do you find good applicants? Uh, what's their education experience? What's their education and experience? Maybe their education experience as well. Who are they? How do you screen people? I'll tell you how you find the candidate for you. Indeed. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash Cheap Heat. That's Indeed.com slash Cheap Heat. All right? And you can get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash Cheap Heat. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st. 2020. First of all, I wonder how many uh, how many people were dialed in. I'm guessing most of you on Sunday night to NXT Takeover Portland. Um, not shockingly, another another really good uh, night of of, of pay per view action from NXT. Um, this is just what we're accustomed to at this point. Um, is basically a good pay per view every single time. I do have some criticism that I'm, I'm going to get to at some point here. Um, but by and large, a a very interesting night um, for NXT. Um, Keith Lee continues on in his winning ways, of course. Um, you had the... I, I enjoyed um, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, um, their street fight. Um, I like the Tegan Knox story in general. Dakota Kai gets the win. Um, but... A really interesting um, match, and then of course the uh, interference at the end. So either way, uh, good stuff from Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. I'll be honest; what I was most checked into about this pay per view was Gargano and Finn, um, who were great, and I just love getting to see. I mean, this was the purpose of. This was the point of having Finn Balor go to NXT was him being able to be a factor and get wins, and he gets one on a pay-per-view. Um, actually, you know what? We have the our very own DJ John. You're not going to hear me through the headphones, DJ John. But how you doing? I know it's a little bit loud in here. Um, You're a loud man. John, did you watch 
um, NXT TakeOver Portland? I have not. i got to catch up. You didn't watch? Uh, I thought you were a true NXT guy. I saw one. No, I did catch up on, on AEW when Cody jumped off the steel cage. I caught the last match of that. Uh, I, I still got to catch up. Are you a Rhea Ripley fan? Oh, hell yeah. Phenomenal. Rhea I'm jealous because I'm, I'm not a boyfriend. Sorry? What? Anyways, Rhea Ripley is mage, and her mageness continues, by the way. Um, and I, I just want to say props to Bianca Belair. When you really think about the level of growth that we've seen from Bianca Belair, and I know they made that part of the story, and it's kind of like a thing. It's like, look how far. And by the way, I think Sam did a great job. He's done a great job from the beginning when he gave her a hard time. And now putting her over, I think it's been effective and cool. And by the way, shout out to Sam. Sam. I don't know they have been so at on on kickoff shows now for NXT. Okay. They have been potting the audio into the building. Oh. Have you seen that? No. So when they do an and I don't know if they're gonna try this with Raw, I mean and SmackDown pay per views. Like behind the scenes type stuff? No, no, no. So like picture a kickoff show. Mm -hmm. But instead of them sitting at a desk, they have them standing on the ramp and their mics are hot in the building for the whole kickoff show. So every time Sam talks, he gets booed. (laughs) So it's it's really good stuff. So I I, it's really good stuff. Because Sam gets to heal it up. And gets booed every time he talks. It's very entertaining. But Sam has been good about his little story with Bianca Belair. He was hard on her at first, and now he's giving her props. But you really sometimes I take for granted how strong Bianca Belair is. Yeah, Amy Bianca and Montez Ford, they um they're probably the best real relationship couple, wrestling couple by far. They're, they're, hold on, you're saying that Montez and Bianca are your relationship goals in wrestling? Facts. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. They are a very cute couple, and uh, got married recently as well. No, I mean on and off because it's like on the mic they're great, off they're 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 adorable. Wow, John, I've never heard this side from you, DJ. John. Yeah, so I just I, I appreciate how they you know they go hand in hand, and plus Bianca's fierce. She's so fierce. Yo, and so I was gonna say, I really didn't appreciate just how sort of strong and big she is. Until you see her next to Rhea Ripley, and you're like, oh, she's a totally viable opponent for Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Because Rhea's big. Rhea is... What I love about Rhea is how imposing she is. And Bianca stands toe-to-toe with her and is completely reasonable as an opponent. And I thought they were both fantastic. Um, as I predicted on the podcast last week, not not a difficult prediction. It was almost impossible to envision a world in which Bianca was going to win and mess up the whole. But then I started getting my hopes up that maybe they would do it and it would like shock the world and and you could build the Rhea character around she didn't get her match with Charlotte Mm. and Bianca got the match with Charlotte. But either way, I think this works fine. Charlotte in the end, right after the match, comes in, beats up Rhea Ripley, accepts the challenge. So we now know Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, WrestleMania. Is it a rush job for Rhea? Yes, it has definitely been sped along quickly, but at the same time, when it's going this well, I really, I don't see why you wouldn't continue to push it along. So, before we get to our guests, and it won't be this loud, by the way, throughout the show, um, this room is incredibly loud right now. Super loud. But it's it's repug, actually. Yeah. I got to do the K-Show in a few minutes. I don't know how I'm going to do the K-Show. Well, imagine you sitting next to a bunch of uh, other radio stations that spoke Spanish. Oh, yes. Well, yesterday we were trying to do a serious morning show, 
on, in, a, at a, in a quiet room Sabro next Gigante. to a table with people literally screaming in Espanol at the top of their lungs. They were saying, damas and caballeros, este Rosenberg está bien pen... I don't know if you can say that. What? All right, All right. great. Thank you. Sorry. So I'll have to remember to go back to that. Um, so before we get to our guests in a little bit, why don't we get to some mail? First of all, before I even get to mail, shout out to my dog, MVP, back on TV every week. So oh, baby. crazy. It's so crazy to He's see so MVP good. on TV I every totally week. I totally missed him. And what? I totally missed him. He, like, a lot of veterans bring that, you know, they have it already. It just like, oh, we just need something to fill that void of just like. He, it feels so polished. good. And he's still in shape. Now I know, I, I, I don't, the plan is supposedly for him not to be wrestling and he, him to be an agent, but he was wrestling again, uh, with Drew McIntyre. And basically, you know, Brock's coming back to TV next week, so maybe we won't see MVP. Mm. But in the in-between time, while they haven't had Brock, they've mm. basically given Drew an MVP a little mini storyline. So MVP. Goes from not being on WWE television for a decade to showing up and being involved with the guy who's basically in the main event position for WrestleMania in working with Drew McIntyre. Right. Um, TJ writes us. TJ. Another new nickname for SGG. Hey, Pete. I considered dropping the mic and never writing again after getting my email read on the podcast last week. However, I felt compelled after Greg's latest worst there ever will be take on the Bella Twins where you called him a lunatic. It got me thinking about perhaps the most physically large mainstream celebrity athlete in WWE history, William Perry. Can you please call Greg the lunatic fridge? Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. The lunatic fridge is mage. TJ in Tampa. TJ, we'll see you in Tampa. There will be a cheap heat event. Details coming very soon. Um, a lot of people, uh, reached out about Greg's take on the Bellas last week, of course, saying he's insane. I I truly think he's lost his mind. And, you know, this week he made a joke on Twitter and I didn't get the joke. I took him seriously and he tweeted me back and was like, Peter, of all people, I thought you'd get the joke. I was like, how can I get your jokes anymore? By the way, you weren't, you didn't, you weren't on the podcast last week because you're never on the podcast, which which is sad. Sad. He said last week that he believes the Bellas or are as or more important to like the mainstream acceptance and proliferation of wrestling. Oh, I saw that tweet. As the Rock. Yeah, I, I believe what he, I believe his point. He has a good point. But do you agree? You agree? You're allowed to agree. You can also be crazy. Yeah. You can also be. The I'm not crazy. Fridge. I think on a pop pop end or mainstream that like you said. He's, they're on E for how many years? Years. However, if you look at what they do on E, and they do a fine job, and I love them, and I'm so glad they're getting what they're getting, and I want them to get their flowers, the impact they have on E to mainstream culture versus The Rock. Uh, oh, like, The Rock is kind of like... Do the Bellas do SNL because of their E show? Didn't think so. No. The Rock is the biggest star. He's... The Rock does more in the box office in and one weekend than they do in a full season of Total Bellas or, or Total Divas. It's yeah. just, it's not that I don't appreciate saying, let's appreciate them. Let's point out how awesome what they do is. I am all for that. The Rock comparison is mm. where Greg goes into Lunatic Fridge. Bad guy. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. All right, it's, it's, uh, very long overdue that, um, I sit down with this man in person to join me on the Cheap Heat podcast. One of my favorite people in professional wrestling. One of my favorite people in, in, in life. 
I think it's better to say. Yeah, I appreciate it, Doug. Um, Booker, Booker T is here. Uh, you may, a star of a screen and stage. You may most recognize him from his, uh, five time, five time, five time days. You may recognize him from backstage on FS1 every yeah. single Tuesday night or Tuesday night. the kickoff show on, on every pay per view or every other, every other pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of which, schedule wise, how are you, how is this, how is this life uh, that you're living right now with Tuesdays in L.A. doing the backstage and all that? I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life. Really? <laughs> you're happy with it. I'm glad to hear that. You should because you are a Hollywood man. You should no, be in Hollywood. No, no, I'm not a Hollywood guy, but I, I'm, I'm having fun. Um, I'm doing stuff I never imagined, dreamed, you know, that I would be doing. Uh, working for Fox, that's one thing I never uh, uh, thought about doing. But I tell you, it's, it's cool. It's a cool family to be a part of. Um, they treat you right. Being a part of stuff like this uh, through Fox as well as ESPN has been really, really awesome. Um, but the show working with Renee is literally, uh, you know, that's like that's like a night off, man. I mean, it's literally She's a the night absolute. Off. I mean, I, for when, on my first day there, it was the first time I ever worked with. Her. I didn't even really know Renee before our first day together working, and she like it was instantaneous. How quickly I realized that she was going to make everything easy to do. She yeah. is like so, and she's meant for that job too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was perfect for the job. I mean, it seemed like um, she was bred especially um, for that job, that role right there, uh, WWE backstage. I mean, because she goes through the transitions like um, a hot knife through butter. I mean, she makes it so easy; it looks so effortlessly when she does it. And I go, "Wow, man! I wish I could do." That. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, serious, she's a pro. Man. She's a pro. She's pro. unbelievable. Although, I mean, job. you have now. Did you ever think, I was just watching, you know, everyone's watching uh, these days the the Ruthless Aggression docuseries on uh, the WWE Network, which I've been enjoying. I just started it. And th- at the very beginning, you're right You're right at the beginning of the first episode. I saw that, yeah. Your appearance in WWE, um, you hitting Vince with the scissors kick. Yeah. Um, How did he take that, by the way? Man, uh, he took it very well. He burst, burst my eardrum, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so, night? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was a little payback, and he told me in the back, "Don't take a light on me." You know what I mean? I'm like, "All right." You know, no, but it was a, it was a moment, you know. And I always talk about um, those moments in professional wrestling that um, if you don't if you don't capture those moments, perhaps you could never get those moments back. And uh, for me, that was a moment. It must have uh, been surreal, by the way. That yeah. must have been a surreal experience after all that time in Atlanta to then be there. In the ring, working with Vince directly must yeah, have been a, yeah. an interesting experience. Well, it, it let me know that um, I was a part of the team. Let me know that you know I had a chip in the game. If you did anything with Vince McMahon, if he allowed you to, you know, be a part of a segment with him or actually do something in the ring with him, and then he actually trusts you enough to actually go out there and do something like that, say, man, you know, um, you know, you here, you here now. You know, I um, felt that way about. Um, uh, last year, during Kofi's run, when the New Day had a promo with Vince McMahon, yeah, exactly. And it's like that—that that means they are at the pinnacle of it's where you need to be. It's a stamp of approval, and any way you look at it, it's a good place to be. Um, and for me, um, I always loved—I um, always loved that aspect of it. You know, um, going out there and proving yourself, and then getting that pat on the back. Do you? Uh, do you think, as one of the boys in the locker room at the time, when Vince was still having matches, was it clear 
or is it just my perspective from the outside? I always looked at it that Vi- both Vince and Shane had a chip on their shoulder to show the boys they were willing to do anything. Did you see it that way? Like they wanted to show by example, it's not just you who's going to get hurt. I will do whatever it well, takes. Well, I, I think that's what made um, WWF, you know, WWE so special back in the day because our boss, he really truly did lead by example. He wasn't one of those bosses that just talked about it. You know, uh, a guy that had, you know, trained on a simulator. <laughs> right. And did lead, lead the uh, guys into battle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know I mean? you guys no. go ahead though. You're going to be taking this bump off the cage. You're going to have to do this. You're going to get busted up the hard way. Yeah, yeah. And they go, have you ever did it? No, no, but I did it on a simulator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? no, Vince McMahon, he was the guy that actually, um, you know, led the troops in the battle. He was the guy, you know, you know, blowing the trumpet uh, a lot of the times. And for me, um, I learned so much from this man, you know, in that era because I, I run my own company now. And I know my, my students – they have to see their sensei. They have to see their coach be able to go out there and actually still do it. As you did stuff. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Got exactly. back in the ring and mixed and, it and up That again. was only for, you know, the sake of, you know, my young guys seeing, you know, their coach go out there and, and lead by example and say, hey, guys, this is the way you're supposed to do it. You know what I mean? Like, Were you asked about um, coming back to the Rumble or no? No, no, I wasn't. You know, I was waiting on my invitation to the Rumble. And, uh, you know, I know Edge came back, and they didn't want to mess it up. You know, overshadow him. <laughs> overshadow him with You the- know, huge pop. You know what I mean? He got an 88 pop, Road Warrior pop, and, you know, the 86 pop has always been the biggest. And I was – I was, And you would have come with the 86. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. Now, because I'll tell you what, uh, I had a few people over, and when your music hit yeah, on commentary, man, I went, oh, this is oh, what we're doing. Yeah, 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 my hair started shaking when I went out a little bit, you know, but – uh no, nah, man, but to just be a part of the Rumble, you know, uh, to call the Rumble match, that was pretty that's, cool. That's awesome. That was pretty and, cool and because I never saw myself back at the commentary booth ever again after that last, you know, uh, F-bomb I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. You thought that was the end, huh? Now, but how happy were you for our guy, MVP, who now, no. I, I mean, there was a time, man, where I really had given up on him ever being with the company again. And it actually kind of bummed me out because when I came on board, I was so happy. And, you know, it's not like he was on bad terms, but it just didn't seem like he had an interest anymore. And when I talked to him, he was happy doing his thing. You know, his dream was always Japan. Yeah, yeah. All, those were always that things he wanted went, to that do. That dream went up in smoke quick. And so then <laughs> here you are. You've done that now. It's over. It's over. Uh-huh. And, and I thought it was over. And now not only is he back – he hasn't lost any his on the mic. He's as good. He shows up and he's the top three guy on the mic in the company, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see him back, man. He he belongs. He he could definitely uh, contribute to what's going on right now with these young guys out there. That you know, whether they want to ex- believe it or say it or not, a lot of them need direction. Um, a, a lot of them want direction. Uh, and, and from someone like uh, MVP, he could. Talk to these guys and teach them, you know, some of the small little aspects of the game that, you know, hopefully, you know, they can learn from and not have to actually, you know, take a lot of those little falls that perhaps he did along the way. Because well, And by the way, I think he's particularly useful because if I was to point out the biggest problem I see with young talent today from the outside, 
it's comfort just getting on the stick and going well, and really letting the real person. Now, listen, I know it's not possible all the time, and we know there's a lot of – they don't have a lot of uh, as much uh, freelance. freedom and yeah, as freelance yeah. as you did. Yeah, yeah. Right? But MVP, he finds a way to always appear as if he's coming from the heart. Well, I think that's what you – even if you get the script, you still got to be able to find that – that level of comfort, comfortability to go out there and make it your own. You can't, I mean, you just can't read it the way it is on paper. Um, certain words, they don't fit you, and, and, the, and the fans know that they don't fit you, but you say it anyway, uh, just because it's written on paper, opposed to just changing that word. And and, and if, anyone, if anyone say anything, you, you say something, but if no one say anything, you don't say anything. Right. If the These promo, are the things you learn as well, you go Exactly. Right. The thing is, if the promo is good, no one's going to say anything. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's my um, advice to young guys. Uh, uh, Sometimes, you know, go against the grain a little bit. Um, you know, tell, you know, tell your producer you forgot. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's grab, you are, cause everyone always talks about grabbing the brass ring, right? Yeah. And it, how do you do it? You gotta take some risks here and there. You forgot. Hey, I tell him in the hunt, oh man, I forgot to do all those spots oh. you told me to do, but we'll get him in next week. Oh. How was, there you go. How was the match? Yeah, yeah. It was good though, right? Um, what did you think about, uh, there was, there was a good amount of controversy about the, uh, Baszler, Biting Becky, the bites, the bite spot. Yeah. Uh, what were your? I let me get your thoughts first. What did you think of it? Well, I, when I look at stuff like that, I it's like um, just say you like Fast and the Furious, right? Sure. You know, and, and when you go watch Fast and the Furious, and the car hit the you know the big bump or the the the, the side of you know whatever, and it turned three rotations and then land. And still keep going. It's a movie. Correct. It's to be embellished. Um, wrestling is the same way. Um, when Gang Grill, you know, was around back in, you know, the late 90s, you know, we didn't look at it and go, what is this? We just looked at is it as a vampire. vampire? You know, it just was another part of the show. Um, when the boogeyman came along, I go, you know, and man, you, were, you I, worked a lot I, with. Well, the I go, how did this guy get the company? I mean, I mean, does he have a driver's license? You know what I mean? <laughs> how's he getting, I mean wait, I mean, how who, is he making town? You know, who signed him? You know what I mean? Exactly. Who's, how, driving, who's riding with it, him? Exactly by point, King Booker. You know what I mean? So when I look at um, wrestling, wrestling is different than. Boxing is different than MMA. It's different than anything. And if we take certain things out of wrestling, it would become MMA why, boxing. Why does Booker all of a sudden believe he's actually a king? He has an accent? Did exactly he go somewhere? My exactly my point. And why is he so scared of Boogeyman? He's, exactly. had, he's had wars with people way scarier. It, it, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's those kind of things. And that's that's just the way I look at professional wrestling. Uh, but but still, there's a serious side to it as well. You know what I mean? There's a, a levity that we have to um, always try to keep also because we do want to suspend the imagination of the fan that's watching um, in certain aspects, in certain matches. You well, know and I'll mean? tell you, I'll take it a step further. I, I felt Shayna Baszler's an immense talent. And a lot of people I know were like, oh, my God, she's it, blah, blah, blah. I kept thinking, I think this is one of those characters that in NXT – just being a badass is enough. But when you get to Raw and SmackDown, simply being a badass, which, by the way, was just done by her friend Ronda Rousey a year ago, yeah. and is kind of being done by Becky as well. It is. I, I, I was happy to see her kind of do something different, to well, be honest. Well, 
the thing is, it got people talking about her. And the thing is, a lot of people that know her on NXT, they may not know her on Raw SmackDown. That audience is a lot bigger. Much. You know, and like you say, what works at, at, at NXT, it, it may work only so far when you get to the main roster. We've seen the Adam Roses of the world, you know, come from NXT and come over here and try to make it work. The um, the No, no Way, no way Jose. I, I, feel, I feel terrible for No you Way Jose. He's, been he's a tough done. Spot. He's finished. But uh, that's another story. Now, uh, Rhea Ripley, she is not done or finished. The whip. The whip. She is, on a, she is on a run. Um, my nerdy thought is, and you could put me in my place here, I'm, I'm super excited. It's very hard to find anything to complain about here. However, I do get a little freaked out, like, is it too fast? Like, she, it, she was on TV a second ago. Is there a worry? Is there a concern when you move along this quickly to now she'll be at WrestleMania in a match with Charlotte? She was just an NXT UK wrestler seven, eight months ago. Yeah, you know what, though? Sometimes, you know, with certain talent, you got to pull the trigger. And I really feel like Real Ripley is that talent that you cannot keep in a box and say, well, we're just going to hold her back. You know, well, we're going to try to enhance her. You know, sometimes the best way is to learn is on-the-job training. And I think for someone like Real Ripley, um, to, to get that on-the-job training, it's going to do her uh, tons of good. And the thing is, she's been around for a minute. She's been uh, the one that have come in and gotten rejected. And when you when, when one come in and get rejected, they go back out there and they work twice as hard to get back. And she's gotten somewhat like an Ember Moon. Ember Moon got rejected several times. And, and it made her work even harder. And I think Real Ripley has that same quality. And I think that's why she's advanced to where she is right you now because she's worked not only on her in-ring talent but it but her body looks great. Oh yeah, and, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's such a unique. And she's ready for prime time. Yo, I I um I saw her. I went to the May Young two years ago, and she was the only. When I walked away, I saw a lot of talented people that night for the that wasn't really familiar with. Um, she was the person I walked away from like yo, th- this person. And they were like at the time she's 18, 19 years old, whatever it is. Do you think it's over the top for me to say that like? From a potential standpoint, I could see her being like Mount Rushmore status one day. Oh yeah, man! I mean, it's only um, few that come through that's unique. You know, we look at Charlotte, and she's unique. Um, she's different than anyone that has ever stepped in the, uh, through the room. China was was unique. I mean, um, you know, it's been very few that, like like you say, when they walk in a room. You, you, that yeah, airport I, test, exactly. Right? You know what I mean. So, I, I think she's definitely one that could actually, you know, ascend to that point. But it's going to take it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of studying. And and if she if she could take any um, blueprint and use, it would be the blueprint of Charlotte Flair because Charlotte is not only a, a great uh, athlete. She's not only you know a great wrestler. She's a awesome awesome storyteller mm-hmm. and the storytelling for me is what i think catapult you to the next level because there are so many great workers there are so many great athletes what makes you but, different. but the storytellers they're totally different the randy artens he's a storyteller he can make you feel a certain way and it's not even about the wrestling by the way and i you know listen i know we sound like we're very much in a i'm in a very positive space about a lot of stuff right now although i'll tell you the truth i think the last two months have been great 
I I was not thrilled four months ago, five months ago. I oh. really I thought the beginning of SmackDown that period, the two months when SmackDown started, I had major concerns. I didn't know how that show fit in because it was such a mainstream show right away that it almost felt like a commercial to a certain extent for what the product is. Yeah. And now I feel the show has found its groove. And I think Mania season is the Orton Edge story is moving so slowly. I just, I love it. I love that Edge has just been off TV. Yeah. And now Randy has been, we're remembering who he is. This reminds me, I'm more Legend Killer than Viper myself. I yeah. loved Legend Killer. Yeah, yeah. And this reminds me of Legend Killer Randy Orton. The dude who, when we saw him in 2005, 2006, said, what we're saying about Rhea Ripley. What yeah. are we even looking at right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, are you... First of all, are you enjoying what Randy's doing with Edge? And also, um, I'm curious for your thoughts on Seth Rollins and where he is these days because I think this is, was a uh, a good time and a needed switch up for for Seth as well. Well, I think the um, the buffer um, for Seth Rollins with AOP, I, I actually said he needed something like that before they ever did it. I said, man, you know, because when he was with the Shield. He had a certain something about him to where, man, you like Seth Rollins, man. This guy, he's, he's got something, it's something about him. And then without the shield and Seth Rollins trying to be a baby face and not actually, we not knowing where he is. This is what Seth Rollins, you know, is supposed to be. I mean, it's one thing we always say about professional wrestling. You know, you can go out there and play, play a role, but if that role is not, you know, somewhere close to who you really are, it's going to be difficult and it's going to show on television. It's the one thing you can, you can't lie. You can lie to all the fans. You can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to the camera. You know what I mean? The camera picks up everything. And, um, to, for him to be in this position now with AOP, AOP, I think it's a good, good deal. The, the Messiah deal, you know, that kind of, makes me feel a certain way when I hear it, but... Isn't that good, though? That's what it's supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Now, now, when you picture yourself, you talked about him being a natural heel, and which is funny, too, because in my experiences, I don't think... Some people are natural heels because they're heels in real life, and some people are natural heels who really aren't heels at all, and that's how I kind of feel about Seth. When you picture you, what's the percentage you think uh, baby face to heel? You think you're like an 80% baby face, 75%? I was like fifty percent. You think it's that much? Oh, me personally. What do you, what do you no, mean in terms it? of the time you spent doing it. Oh, uh, first, probably fifty-fifty. Yeah. And and because I think of you more babyface, but I was going to say, is that one of the gifts you think you have though to work both ways? Because not everybody could do it, and you could. Yeah, yeah, but that's the entertainment side for me. Uh, that's that's the storytelling part I talk about. As far as a lot of guys are great wrestlers. A lot of guys are great athletes, but when it comes to taking a role, when a uh, 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 director give it to you, and a lot of times you might be you might be playing the Joker one day, and next day you might be playing Speed Racer. You know what I mean? So you got to know how to take both roles and, and be able to capture them. And, and your what was your preference? I, I love both. You know, but it, the thing is, your, your work uh, rate changes completely, uh, and you got to be able to really perform at a certain level. When you're a babyface, in order to move the fans properly, move the needle properly when you're a babyface. Otherwise, you can find yourself, you know, swimming in mud. Who's more important for getting the crowd to go crazy at the climax of a match? The babyface who's coming back or the heel who's feeding the comeback? Well, I, I think it's the heel's job throughout 
that whole time is to make the crowd react a certain way. And, and that's what's, I think, uh, uh, that's the lost art, I think, in the, in the business right now, um, is because a lot of times the heels go out there and they, they, they can hear a cheer and it might, might be for them and they can actually take it in and take it the wrong way. Um, and for me, um, it was my job to go out there and make it an easy night for myself in the in the baby face that I was working with. And if I didn't do certain things, it was going to be a, a much harder night. And, and that's what it's the psychology. That's that's the small things about the business that so many young people don't know about. And that's what I try to teach my students uh, first and foremost is to know about you know um, how to go out and, and to what I call manipulate the crowd. Um. We're talking to Booker T, of course. Uh, you can catch him everywhere. Where, how can people listen? Uh, first of all, you have the podcast of your Hall radio of Fame. Show. Check us out on the Hall of Fame. You know, check us out on our YouTube channel, our Reality of Wrestling YouTube channel, which right now we're up to um, what on the YouTube channel. He's asking uh, Brad Gilmore, who gives him all the information. Eighteen thousand subscribers, man. Join the movement. Join the Road Nation. Brad Gilmore, who's your permanent Renee Young. Yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> you're, you're full-time Renee. Like, what, what, what are we? <laughs> I know. What am I doing? Where uh, are we? <laughs> uh, now, um, are you checking in with AEW? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I got a you know a couple of my guys. Uh, that's uh, you know Kylie Ray, one of my students. She had a few problems. Um, did work out for um, Sammy Guevara as another one of my um, guys who came through reality. Arrest. How long? How long was Sammy with you? He was only there for a short time, um, but I, I, I still look at him and I still, you know, try to give him feedback on you know if he's doing. And how do you think he is doing? He's a star, man. He really is a star in the making. He knows what entertainment is is all about, as well as he can perform. I, I think so too. I think he's one of those people. Who right away a, p- a few people commented? I don't know about like his body and his side. Like, he's too so small. He's right away. I was like, he's already making you feel something. Yeah, he yeah, makes people yeah, feel yeah. something right away. Yeah, he sat under the learning tree. He's a very very smart kid. For him to actually go out there and, and literally give praise to reality of wrestling, what we did for him, the short amount of time that he spent there, I appreciate that. Of because course, I try I try to never take credit for those young guys going out there putting in the hard work. And going out there and getting that exposure and, and then putting themselves, you know, out there, first of all, to be scrutinized by the public because, man, it's, it's rough. It's rough out there. You Especially with it. a new product, too. Exactly. This is a, you know, now, uh, what do you think of uh, Chris Jericho's work at this time? Oh, man, Chris Jericho's, he's, he's an artist, man. He really is. Him and I, uh, we've been talking about Shakespeare forever. And uh, he's, the, he's the epitome of a guy who has reinvented himself several times uh, because he knows the uh, you know that that old saying you know if you don't change with the times the times will pass you by and Chris Jericho is one of those guys that's been able to be like a chameleon man and I, I love what he's doing uh, with, 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 with working with the young guys because you know, I was on the uh, Jericho Cruz and that's what he's doing more than anything is you know trying to school these guys and trying to sh- show them hey guys this it's the blueprint. All you got to do is follow it, and uh, hopefully it'll work out for you. And I love uh, the. It's almost like the second I saw that physically, he wasn't quite the exact same guy he had been. Because at some point, yeah. I mean, listen, there's a reason we don't see you in the ring anymore. I'm oh. guessing you were done. You oh. knew it was time. Finished. Chris still has a little gas in the tank physically, but Ew. I saw it go down a bit. 
and then and then the character went up another level. Yeah. It's like he he knew he might not admit it, and he might get mad at me if he heard me say it. But the fact is, he said, "I got to turn this character up to a whole well, other level." I, mean, and I think that's he's what done. You got to do. I mean, um, when, when you're lacking in, in one department, you, you try to figure it out from another, and that's what veterans do. Uh, I know. I it, when I was 38. I couldn't work at nowhere near as good as I could when I was 28. What era were you were, were we in when you were 38? Um, I was in my in my in the WWE era. Well, how how old are you uh, now, King? I'm, I'm I'm 54. You're 54. Yeah. So it was the beginning. It was it was early in your WWE. Yeah, room. yeah. It was early. It was early. Which is crazy though, because you were already. I mean, you were already a but, vet. But, but 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 the thing is, I still I still was evolving. As a performer, right, I could still go out and, and perform at a very, very high level, but I wasn't as good as I was er, in my earlier years. But, but I figured it out how to look even better, and that's what Jericho has done. He's nowhere nearly as good as he was, but he's still out there looking better than he's ever ever looked. Two thousand six, you were forty. Yeah. In two thousand six, you were forty, and you still, if you were to go back and watch right now, look as if you're. Prime time. I mean, well, that's, that's AJ Styles. Like that's what we're seeing with AJ Styles. I was right now. blessed to have gotten into business late, though. Um, I was 25. I had never played any sports. I didn't have any bumps on my body or anything like that. So when I got to 40, I was just, I still, you know, I was still in tune. Uh, and I wanted to retire when I was 40, also. And then I, I, I became 40, and I was like, man, I'm still better than all these guys on the roster. Um, and I, I, and I. You know, stuck it out a little bit. So, longer. what age was it when when you said, "All right, I'm starting to feel this"? Forty five. Forty five. Forty five. It was time. That's the magic number. It seems. Yeah, it was time for me to you know shut it down and say, "Hey, man, it's been great," and um, they let me do it a little bit longer. You know, than perhaps I should have. You know, but but I'm glad I got out when I when I did. And, and I, I don't have any itches to scratch or anything like that. And it must be nice that, like, you know, I'm around you. I've been around you all the time in front of a crowd. The crowd's always excited to see you. They don't have that feeling of, all right, we saw you. You stuck. You didn't outstay your welcome. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because I'm always happy, man. Because I'm always, I'm, I'm not one of those, you know, disgruntled guys that, you know, still looking for a pop. <laughs> you know, I'm not one of those guys that, believe in his own press clippings or his own hype or care about that kind of stuff, man. I'm, 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 like I say, I'm living my best life and when fans around me, man, uh, a lot of them, they, they appreciate what I've done more than anything. And they, they appreciate me representing for them and, and going out there knowing exactly what I was in it for and knowing exactly what my direction was and knowing that, hey, there's somebody out there that we were just talking earlier and uh, we was talking about how black kids we don't see wrestling as our way out of the neighborhood, you know. The way and, people see basketball, for example, yeah, basketball, football. football, rapping, you know. But 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 wrestling, we never saw anybody like us, you know, beating anybody up in wrestling. We will always get beat up, you know. So I say, when I get in it, I say, man, I'm kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> That's white. <laughs> yes. You're kicking every white ass you see. And you did. <laughs> but that's a, but that is, that is an important message. And I'm serious. I know it sounds silly. But right now, it's pretty cool how many people are out there that people get to see who look like them kicking ass. Exactly. It's crazy to say. But you know, it, but it makes sense. Because how many times did you see the black dude getting his ass you kicked? You got die asses kicked all the time. You know what I mean? So I say... 
I say, man, I'm going to change. Yeah, how many man. black kids were stuck? God bless him. But how many black kids were stuck watching Coco beware job to God everybody? Bless, man. I, I and he's, Coco. I love him. I watched Coco try to get over the top for so many years. Him and and what an athlete heard. he was, too. Oh, man. He was a hell of an athlete. But he just never had that. That, that one thing to catapult him to the next level. And, and the thing is, I learned from those guys. I watched all of them, and I learned from them. And I said, in order to make it to the next level, you have to have certain qualities. You have to have a championship name. You have to treat yourself like a champion in the ring, out of the ring. You have to respect yourself more than anybody else ever will because you respect yourself. They have no choice but to respect you. And, and literally, um, one other thing was, my dad always used to say, cream, rise to the top. Um, talent, you know, is it, irreplaceable. So I, I, I just wanted to put myself in a position where, you know, when guys were getting fired, I wouldn't wear it at that point in time. Um, did you ever get heat for your name? No, no. My, 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 what, what do you mean? Like, um, from black people who maybe thought, who take the name Booker T., Think of it just as Booker T. Washington. Yeah, yeah. I remember because the first time I heard it, I'm like, how's this guy's wrestling name named after Booker T. Washington? <laughs> no, nah, but my dad name was Booker T. Right. So you that know, was so just the – was, my... was your dad named after Booker T. Washington? I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, so it's just a family name. It's just a family name. Yeah. And I'm Booker T. I'm junior. I'm in the family. And, I mean, how uh, often is it, too, that someone just lucks into a wrestling – their name just lucks into being a wrestling name that works for name as a kid, though, you know, because – Kids are cruel, and in the first, you know, maybe 15, 16 years, my name was Booger in the neighborhood, you know, so I hated my name. I wanted to change my name when damn I became 18, and then when I got into wrestling. Why are kids so damn obvious? Oh, man, you had I'm to go serious, Booger, yeah, yeah, really? Well, of serious, course they did. Yeah, you I'm, set someone up, you set up a seven-year-old. It was awful. It was awful. With your name, I yeah, up as a kid, and then I, when I became a wrestler, I was like, Booger T's a pretty cool name, you know, and I teach my students all the time, too. I say, if you if, if you're thinking about getting in this business and you want to go to the next level, make sure you have a championship name because it's hard to put the title on, a, you know, such and such, the heavyweight champion. By the way, we just talked about it. No way, Jose. Exactly my point. You, that's that's exactly. not a championship not, name. That's not a championship name. I mean, it's not even a television championship name. Rhea it's Ripley even, sounds like, like a, a champion. <laughs> yeah. These are names. Like the names have to cut. Exactly, exactly. Alberto Del Rio. You know what I mean? That sounds like a championship name. You know what I mean? Andrade. They, they, you, Andrade. It sounds like a championship name. So young people out there, you know, when you get into the business, uh, and your music, you know what I mean? My brother and I, I've, I've used the same music since day one of my WCW career to now. And uh, and it was because I didn't want rap music because I needed every fan to look at Booker T and Stevie Ray when we came out of the curtain and just, man, that's, the, that's Harlem Heat. We didn't have, you know. Uh, also, what it, it would have been so bad. The, the, the way that rap was being done in well, wrestling but, at that time, it would have it stereotyped us. Yes. It would have put us, you know, in a in a certain block to where everybody could be a part. We included everyone just with our music, you know. So people um, out there, that's young people, know about that kind of stuff because uh, being able to calculate your way through this thing is uh, very very important. Um, how I'm gonna let you go in a, in a sec. I know you got other interviews to do. We're still hanging out here on the radio row for Wilder Fury Two, which is going down tomorrow night, or probably by the time you're hearing this podcast, going down tonight. But uh, I've asked you about this, I think, off air before. Um, how close were you uh, with Sherry Martel? Oh, very close, man. All the way to the point to where I put her in the grave, and 
make sure she got to it. You know, heaven, you know, safely, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were like, she was, we were like sisters, man, brother, sister and brother. Uh, we had a, a really, really close relationship like, like no other, man. I mean, she, she literally took me into her family. Uh, just like, um, I was, like I had been there for years. You know, she, you saw Sherry with so many other great tag teams and so many, you know, great individuals like Shawn Michaels, but when she kept, when she, Became Sister Sherry. That was no, that was no work. That was a shoot, man. And we. What came first? Did she become your friend first, and then get, and no, then they no, decided? No, she became my manager first. Okay, and then and then and then, the, and then it grew to real life. Just went from there, man. You worked your way into a shoot. Yeah, yeah. And we were we were so close, man. And when she passed away, you know, I made sure I was there in Alabama. You know, made sure she got everything she needed. And got to the, you know, got on up out of here, man. What was, what was she like to spend time with? Like, to me, she's such a, you know who she is to me? I know they're different, but in my mind, she's a talent on the level of like a Bobby Heenan. She did so many things well. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was just so damn talented. The yep. camera loved her. That's the thing, too. But Sherry was like so many different people, you know? Sherry was like, she had like maybe three different personalities. In real life. Yeah, yeah, in real life. I mean, because she could be like, like the sweetest person in the world, you know, and then she could be like the motherly figure and nurturely figure, and then she could be like the, you know, a hardcore biker, and then she could drink you under the table, she could curse like a sailor if she wanted to. She had literally like so many different, like then she could like literally, man, she could get bombed out of her mind, you know what I mean? So it was so many different sides of Sherry Martell, and you know uh, that's why you know you just had to love her, man. It was it was unconditional love with Sherry because sometimes you be you know like so mad at her, you know. At the same time, you love her so much, you know. It's one of I, I just love hearing about her. Um, yeah. She was so special. I know like, one one thing that blew my mind was uh, that CM Punk had a match with her. Wow! And, and that it it was like one of his. It was you know. In his indie days, yeah. and her towards the end, yeah. they ended up on some random. I think wow. he pinned her. Wow! Like had an actual match with Sherry Martell. Made my head explode. Uh, Booker, you know I love seeing you, bro. Oh, really? Thank no. you for thank you for doing it. Anytime, brother. And Anytime. Uh, hopefully I'll see you down the road sometime yeah. soon. Booyah, man. Brad Gilmore, thank you, bud. I see. Uh huh. All right, big thank you to uh, Booker T and Brad Gilmore. Juanito helping me out all day today. I know it was a different kind of episode of GP. We didn't really get into the nitty gritty of the week that was. Sort of quickly went over, take over Portland. Um, didn't spend much time on Raw, although I will tell you one thing. Love what Seth's doing. A little sick of the six-man tags. It seems like main event every week. Like, I, I like what's going on with, with, with his disciples and the, everything. Um, and him and AOP is cool. I just feel like it's a variation of the same thing every single week. I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking a situation that I generally am enjoying. But I do think that from a main event standpoint, it's, it's, it's not something I'm looking forward to at the end of the show. Um, you know, I, I think I've been enjoying more the, the Drew McIntyre MVP stuff, not surprisingly. Loved Randy Orton again, beating down Matt Hardy again. Um, just love how they're dragging this out. I mean, first of all, also I gotta give props to Greg because SGG's talked about the idea of a limited, um, schedule for 
edge, and that's clearly what's going on here. I mean, that, that's my assumption. But I'll tell you what, they're making it work because when edge pops up on TV, and we've heard, by the way, Brock's going to be back on TV next week, but when edge pops up on TV again, it's going to be a big deal. So excited to see how that plays out, but, um, really enjoying this, just that the drawn out nature of it and letting Randy be Randy. This is the Randy Orton I enjoy. So I've been digging it. I really have. Um, AEW this week, um, solid episode. The, uh, Cody cage match to seal the show was dope. The after footage they showed of him talking to the crowd in Atlanta was dope. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, tag team battle royal to start the night. Loved the Orange Cassidy spot that they used in the battle royal. It was absolutely perfect use. You know, it was unlike last week where he's lost in a commercial break. You got an actual real moment with him, which was mage. Um, Atlanta looked like a great house. Obviously, it's a great market for them with for tons of reasons. Um, and it looked like they beat NXT by around 90,000, something like that. So they're holding their own. They're holding their own. And um, and the show's actually been better the last few weeks. You know, I really think the last few weeks on TV across the board has been better. Um, this Raw wasn't my favorite relative to the last three. But in general, when you look at all the shows, all four major shows that we've been talking about on the show, I think they've all been really solid recently. Um, all right, next week, back to normal with a regular cheap heat back from New York. It's been a crazy schedule the last couple of weeks. And also next week, I will have the official information about what's going down in Tampa. We'll get to more mailbag. Stack I will be back. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. If you have emails and, and questions, thoughts, Rosenberg Radio or at Stack I Greg on Twitter, of course. Um, I'm going to be with Dipperstein tomorrow, so maybe we'll throw together something bonus, but I'm not going to guarantee it right now. I can't commit to that. What I can commit is that we'll be back to a regular episode and I will have a guest, a WWE guest next week. Don't know who yet. So hang tight. Uh, if you are a boxing fan, I suggest you check out the pay-per-view tonight uh, or tomorrow, whenever you're hearing this. It's going to be fantastic. Wilder Fury 2. Shout out to everyone here who held me down, especially DJ Juanito. And um, do me a favor this weekend. Do me a favor. Um, stay mage and enjoy yourself. You know, And if you can, and then take it easy as well. It's professional wrestling.